You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Mike, how's it going, man? I'm having some technical difficulties right now. So uh, how do I sound? Am I loud and clear or what? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. I don't know about the people in the chat. They can let you know if they can hear you well. Yeah, I let them. <clears throat> I let everybody know on Twitter that we were going to be a little bit delayed here. But, uh, you know, things happen. There's a, there's a major storm going on uh, out here in New Jersey on the East Coast. So, uh, yeah, I'm dealing, I'm dealing with my own issues out here. So, cool. Well, good, man. Good. Well, glad everything's good, man. Trying to, trying to get the show on the road, dude. We got some, some stuff to talk about. I know. Let's get it. Let's get into the league review because I know last time we spoke, you guys were born for first place. You were all jazzed, man. You were ready to roll. You thought you guys were going to win the league. I, I was, and you know what? I, I called you out because I wanted you to bring on GQ. Because you talked, you talked about GQ pretty much carrying the team this this summer league. Um, well, well, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say for the whole for the whole summer league for a couple weeks. For a couple weeks, okay, you know. yeah. Uh, all right, we'll get into that first. Yeah, listen, I, I hate to say this; it pains me to say this, but yeah, it didn't end well. Uh, it didn't end well at all. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, I want to get this review from GQ himself. We're bringing them on. We're bringing them on. We have a guest tonight. You know, it's 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 not our norm, Rob. Usually, we're we're bringing on like uh, names that everybody would know, but this week uh, we're bringing on somebody who's related uh, to the bowling community that most people will not be familiar with. So, uh, yeah, get come on, Rob. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh Jeez, God, this guy shows up with a giant shirt on. Oh get my out God, of here, Lord. Son. come on, <laughs> Jesus Christ, come on. You're, you're, How's it feel to be on air with an Eagles and a Jets fan? Wow. Like, oh, my gosh. Wow. That's double trouble right there. Huh? <laughs> All right. So yeah. let, let's let's get into it here. Uh, Rob, what, go ahead. Take it wherever For you GQ, want. For GQ, it's, yeah. it's your time to shine, brother. Uh, yeah. Mike every week was doing a league review about what went down in league, how he bowled, how you bowled. So I'm going to pass the – I'm punting it to you as the Giants are used to doing in punting. <laughs> so I'm going to punt it over to you, man. Last week of league, what happened? What were the lanes doing? How'd Mike ball? How'd you bowl? Yeah, Mike, you know, Mike Mike hung with the guy. What was it? What was it? Mike DJ Barshewski? Yeah. Mike good, good, good local I mean, bowler. Very good local bowler. Um, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, GQ. Yeah, no, at the end of the day, I just choked, Rob. That's really what it comes down to. I got nervous. I mean, what really hurts me is that the following night, uh, last Friday, I bowled at the King of the Hill, and I actually had the high series out of the entire competition. I shot over an 800 with handicap, but scratch, I shot like a 717. I mean, and I, I don't even think I broke 200 last Thursday in our uh, in our matchup. Wow. So that really that that stung even more. Yeah, but so, uh, you guys lost, huh? Yeah, yeah, and be, as a result of us getting swept, I think that we ended up taking third, which because us getting swept caused the what was it, Mike? Like a roll off between the, the other two. No, teams? the the, the roll off never happened because the other team lost the last game. But yes, we did end up dropping from first to third in the last week because we got swept. And you know what, GQ is, is and and his actual name is Mike. For those that are interested, 
I just call him GQ. It's a nickname from college. But uh, yeah. uh, so he, he's being a little hard on himself, saying that it's his fault that we lost. So uh, if I give a little bit of a closer breakdown of, of, uh, of what happened, in the 10th frame of the first game, I had a chance to double and win the game for us. And I got the first one. And I, honestly, the second one was probably the worst shot I threw all night. Oh, that's so – Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would necessarily call it a choke. It, it was just it was just a bad time for a bad shot. Um, it, it wasn't even – the situation wasn't even really like if I struck, we were definitely going to win because there were still shots to be thrown on the other side as well. But it definitely would have put us in a better position. And, yeah, that kind of snowballed things from there. Um, well, the, yeah, the people yeah. want to know how it's like bowling with Big Mike, though. We got to hear how, what is it bowling like. Listen, it, it was great. Like you know, he was uh, he he would sit behind me every time that I'd go up to the lane, up to the lane, and you know, tell me you know which fundamentals I was doing well on, which I needed a little bit more work on. And you know, we go back to way you know uh, we had a reunion back in November, and we we started practicing, and he broke down everything from scratch. You know, we he got me new equipment. We got my balls plugged and redrilled and whatnot. And, uh, you know, he, he rebuilt me from the ground up. So I just, I had a blast this, this summer. It was awesome. Um, so wait, so every shot, every shot, he was sitting right behind you and analyzing yeah. you, yeah. man, that sounds like a micromanager to me, man. I don't know yeah. if I want to bowl with big Mike. I'm not, but I needed it. I soaked it all in. I had a great, you know, it was, it was great because, uh, I'm definitely, I, I feel I'm a much different bowler than I was the past five years when I started league bowling. Let's put it that way. Sure. So, yeah. so are you um, interested in? Are, do you want to bowl with a, a winter league? Are you more interested in learning on a, on a sports shot, or or just kind of continue on the house league uh, like pattern? So, I have two two leagues that I actually I bowl Tuesday and Wednesday nights at Booton Lanes up in Booton, New Jersey, and uh, I've been committed to those leagues now for the past five years. Um, I am committed for this fall and winter, so I am going to go through with that. But I am definitely intrigued to. Uh, to, to, to get, you know, to learn more about the game and to, you know, shoot on real patterns, if you will. You know, I do, I, I, I do understand how easy it is. You know, you can tell, you can tell that I've been schooled. You can tell that right, I've been schooled. Right. But Rob, yeah. listen, there's, there's somebody in the chat, Benjamin Levy, who's saying that they actually yeah. uh, bowl in the same, in the same center as Mike and, uh, and they've yeah. seen some of the improvement and, you know, they're, they're commenting on my coaching job here. Appreciate but, uh, that, yeah, no doubt. I appreciate that too. Um, but no, listen, I, I honestly, I had a great time bowling for the summer. It was more about uh, socializing and getting together than it was about the actual bowling. I told Mike, like, I didn't care whether we finished first, last, it didn't matter. You know, he wanted to learn a little bit. It was an opportunity for us to get together and kind of socialize. And, and I'll say like, it, it did, it did show me a bit of the value of that side of the game. Right. Like if 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 I bowled a league where every week the guys I bowled with, I enjoyed hanging out with them a lot and we went out to dinner before, after, you know, whatever, that would make it a lot more enjoyable than just showing up and bowling on on house conditions and, you know, me feeling like it's not all, all that competitive. But uh but yeah, I had I had a really good time. I think I think we'll likely bowl together again next summer. I'm hoping that yeah. maybe I'm hoping that maybe GQ by next summer after a few more lessons is ready to step up to something a little bit tougher, maybe, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, I mean, Rob, you, you know, as well as everybody, as anyone that you have to get to a certain level before you even 
get deep into the, the, the sports side of the game. Would you agree with that? Honestly, I would be interested on like GQ if he if he was like re- getting reintroduced to bowling, if he would have never even seen a house shot ever and just started to learn on sports shots. I would be curious to see how someone maybe might learn quicker. It's like almost like a video game starting it on hard level then starting from mm-hmm. easy going to medium and then hard. Are you going to get better faster? Uh, then bowling first being introduced to a house shot, maybe learning some bad habits from the house shot and then trying to convert over to a sports shot. I kind of feel like maybe a I think if, shot. I, I think if you have serious coaching behind you from the from the get-go, you might be able to do that. But I think if you don't, you're a lot of bowlers are kind of going to be paralyzed and just be throwing it at the head pin kind of, you know, and like and playing safety it's, to a degree. Look, it's all coaching. It's all coaching because yeah. on a sport in a sports shot, you got to know like how to play the lanes, what equipment to use, um, and it's 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 a whole nother level of bowling. But I kind of feel like just if you're um, if you do have coaching behind you that know what they're doing, uh, bowling is a very easy sport to become a two hundred average uh, quick, you know, and and that's even on a sports shot, right? And I would say my opinion. If you're a 185 to a 190 average on a sports shot, um, that is equivalent to probably like a 215 or a 220 on a house shot. So GQ, man, stay with it. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I, hopefully next year we're still doing the podcast uh, and we want to hear the league review was a big hit here. Everybody like listening to Mike bitch about uh, him almost shooting 300. And uh, the, I think the theme of the summer for big Mike is the fact that he choked a lot Uh during the league season, choked like the hundreds. I, 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 threw, I threw so many bad shots. It's ridiculous. Like there were yeah. there were some shots I couldn't even I couldn't even believe how bad I threw it, honestly. You yeah, know, well, I mean, look. Oh, sorry, go ahead, GQ. Now, one thing that I did want to point out, though, is that, you know, at a lot of centers and whatnot and on the house shot, I see folks walk in with, you know, two bags or, you know, two bags that hold four or five bags in each, each bag. Whatnot. This guy used one ball the entire summer, one ball. I'm not counting a spare ball. So yeah, that's house shot. (laughs) So I feel like my we gotta get Mike, we gotta build up his house equipment a little bit to get him some different balls in his bag, you know. Yeah, no, I do. I need I I, if I if I was to continue bowling on the house shots, I would definitely need some different options for the house, uh for the house equipment. Uh because yeah, my options were extremely limited and uh it kind of handcuffed me a bit at certain times. But uh yeah, listen, Rob, G- GQ is into it, man. Like, he he's bowling two leagues this winter. He's going to invest in some new equipment and, and kind of update his stuff a little bit with some of the money we get back from our league, I think. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, we're going to continue to get together every so often when we can and practice and get it in. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where we're at next summer. But uh, we were actually going to bowl a doubles King of the Hill this Friday, but he had some uh, some plans come up. I was going to go up his way. And we were going to do dinner. Well, he actually, he invited, he told me he would take me out to a steakhouse. Yes. The place, the place sounded fancy. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll drive up there and bowl the doubles on the house shot with you if you bribe me with a fancy steakhouse. <laughs> but uh, he had some plans come up. And uh, we're, we're not going to be doing that. But, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to look for some opportunities to bowl throughout uh, throughout the winter and get together. And uh, like I said, I had a really good time. It was a really good league. I, I, I enjoyed the conversations I had with some of the guys that we bowled against as well. You know, I tried to keep it as light as possible. Uh, I think I did a good job of that. But I want to ask GQ, so like 
now we're not bowling together for the winter. You're going into your winter league. Like, give me two or three things. Tell the people two or three things you're going to take away from our our lessons together and our our time together. Yep. So the first thing would be to sort of set myself up before I pick the ball up. Take a couple deep breaths. Take that resin bag to sweep the rack. Sweep the rack resin bag. Pump it on the top of the uh, put it on the top of the ball. Um, I think the, the, the two big things on the on the de- approach and delivery I'm going to work on is staying down and posting. I think that that that's what's definitely needs improvement. But I have that in my head on what to do. Thanks to this guy. So, Mike, I Perfect. appreciate everything this summer. It was great. I appreciate everything. Yeah. So no doubt, I got man. I got a quick fire question before we let you go, GQ. Yep. Jets, Eagles, Giants. Three. Give us the three records. Finish total and the regular season records. Prediction. Remember, there's there's 17 yep. games this year. 17 games. I'm gonna. So you guys, you guys are gonna think that I'm gonna put the Giants out on top of a pedestal. I'm actually a realist fan. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go seven and ten for the Giants. I want Danny okay. Dimes off the team. I'm not a fan of him. Um, I think the Jets are gonna be right in that area. I'll give them maybe eight wins or so. And Ooh, I think the Eagles will get uh, get maybe ten or eleven wins. We'll say maybe. Wow, yeah. ten or eleven wins for the Eagles. Yeah. That's a that's crazy talk. Okay, yeah. well, but I mean, you know, but look, look what I said for the Giants. You know, so I Eagles know. have a lot of weapons, though. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. weapons. I don't have right. no one. anyway. Yo, GQ, thanks yeah. for joining us, brother. Uh, yeah. Stay in touch. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. All right, thanks, GQ, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good thanks, one. Thanks for having me on. No doubt. So, Rob, uh, you know. Any any reaction there to some of what he said? Yo, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me that you took him under your wing, right, and made him the bowler that he is, uh, you know, becoming. Uh, I think did you freeze? Did you freeze? Okay, you froze for a sec. Um, I, you know, would love to see. So, what was your averages, real quick? Because we got a lot to talk about. I'm just, what did you guys finish with average? Uh, you know, I'll be honest. I didn't even really pay that much attention. I think he finished around 187 or so, and okay, I think I was, I was in the neighborhood of like 225 okay, for the summer. So that's sure. I, I want you, Mike. If you're gonna bowl next summer, I want you to step your game up this winter. Now that you know, hopefully the bowling guys stay open. And I, you, you got to get to 235 next year in, in that league if you stay in it. And you got to come prepared. Come correct, man. Like, come with, like, at least four balls with you, bro. Like, you need at least four balls in the house shot. Get some different surfaces, some different layouts. And, you know, I want to see you at 235 with a 300, too. So yeah, uh, I, I, not, I, man, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to make excuses, though. I should have, I should have bowled better than I did. I should have. Yeah, but you were. You didn't bowl for a while too, so I'll, I'll give you some some leeway on that too. It's tough not bowling for almost what ten months and then going in and trying to like average two thirty. Even though they're they're dead easy, you still need to like have some sort of clue on the house shot um, to average. True, no doubt. Robert Hamilton is asking if I got another chance to bowl the guy that 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 beat me. <laughs> uh, luckily, beat me and then snubbed me. Uh, no, I did not. I, I actually I had the opportunity to bowl him. But I'll be honest, I got so frustrated by the the easiness of the house conditions and the fact that, like, if you're bowling in a match like that, it pretty much comes down to who doesn't carry or, you know, whatever, uh, that I told them, like, no, if you want to bowl me, we got to bowl on something real. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in our episode here. We got we to 
we got a couple. Yeah, we got, uh, we got a couple other things to get to. So, Rob, uh, quickly, uh, you usually yes. you're the one doing the podcasting and asking questions, etc. But you actually were on a podcast uh, last night, I believe. I was, and it was interesting because this is probably the first time I've really been interviewed. I mean, like in depth interviewed, and we usually do the in depth interviewing here uh, when we do have guests on. It was fun. So um, the podcast was a podcast uh, called Bowling with the Feff. It's by Andrew Pfeffer. Uh, and, you know, props to, to, to Andrew Pfeffer. Like, if you don't know about his podcast, I, I really recommend you checking it out, at least checking the one out from yesterday that I was on. Uh, and it was fun because he he went into depth just about my career and about my growing up, you know, bowling juniors. We, me and you, we talked a lot about you. We talked a lot about Bill. We talked a lot about junior bowling. We talked about Gil Hodges lanes. Um, and we talked about just, you know, my upbringing in it. And I mean, look, like, I'm not going to say it wasn't fun talking about myself for about an hour and a half, but it was, Mike. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, so uh, at the end of the episode, he does a thing where you get to call out someone to get interviewed. And Mike, I called you out. I think you would be a great interview to actually someone to ask you about your background and your coaching background and, you know, growing up as a bowler and growing up, uh, you know, you were actually friends with Bill, I believe a lot longer than I've been friends with Bill. So, you know, um, no, not, not, not too much, honestly, not too much, a couple of years maybe, but um, yeah, no doubt. Listen, I'll, I'll definitely reach out. Mostly I'll be honest. I would really like to, to talk about uh, some of my coaching experiences. I know, right, I know you were, you were busting my chops on the show, you know, uh, like laughing goat. To me is the goat, the self-proclaimed goat of New Jersey high school uh, bowling coaches. <laughs> oh. But uh, no, listen, I, I do. I have some interesting stories from the coaching and it, it and I don't, I, I kid about it here. I don't talk about it in, in seriousness a lot here, but uh, it probably is like my biggest accomplishment in bowling, you know, and, and I, I've won some tournaments here and there in the local area, uh, especially like in the, in the early two thousands when I was bowling more, but uh, yeah. The, well, I'll, the, tell you, I'll tell you the one thing that I got out of being interviewed from him is how prepared he comes to the interview. I mean, he reached out for quotes from Deandra, from Bill, yeah, he he got quotes from you. Uh, and he reached out to Tim Buck, for a quote, <laughs> that was the best part of the interview. The best. Oh my god, I was losing Lord it when me, I when I heard Lord that part me. of the interview. And he oh asked Tim Buck for for a quote, and Tim Buck was like, "No, no comment, like, <laughs> no comment." <laughs> yeah, it's so, so good. To me, that oh was like god. the highlight of the interview because I fell over, and uh, he, he he wanted to know if he was ever going to come on the show, and uh, man, like it, it, it's just it was too good. So. You know, shout outs to Bowling with the Feff, Andrew Feff for me for having me on. Hopefully we get to see you um, on, you know, later. And that would be a great interview. Uh, so check out his podcast. Props to him. And I feel like it, we like we just need to all support each other as as content creators to try to grow bowling. Uh, and we could all do our part in doing that. Um, and, you know, you had a great a great comment last week, Mike, about how like people could start their own sport league shots. And, you know, I feel like that's so important that people get involved instead of just, you know, bitching about why, you know, bowling is the way it is and actually get up and do something about it. And we're trying to do our part, you know, try to, you know, get fans involved and, and, and become, you know, part of bowling instead of just, 
you know, bitching about bowling. So anyway, so my, my, my favorite part of the interview was that he reached out to Jeff Rickles and oh. Jeff Rickles, Jeff Rickles calls us, called us the, the, what was it? The bomb the throwers, two, the, bomb the, the bomb throwers of the bowling podcast game or something. I'm like, I don't know. I, you know, I gotta the say, two loud guys, uh, the two loud guys at the bar yelling. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I think, I think if people knew behind the scenes a lot of what we know and don't comment on, uh, they, they might not take that that viewpoint uh, so seriously. But I'll leave it at that. Uh, so, Rob, you know, you refer to. Um, you know, the, the, the sports side of the game and, and the promotion of that. And I had a conversation on Twitter with a, an account that it's like a, it's a, you know, Ava, Ava Tarless account. Uh, the person says that they're like a high level bowler and have been in the pro shop business and have bowl, you know, bowled at a high level for a long time, but don't really compete anymore. Um, had a conversation with them where, you know, they expressed frustration with the current uh, standing of the game. And, you know, I think where I'm at is, like, uh, we all know that the, the, the powers that be in bowling clearly aren't going to do much to uh, push change, right? Because, and I think we all know why. I think it's because, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of fear out there that, that certain change might, might crush the game for good, okay? And, and I, I understand that, right? So I do joke around on here about, oh, 40 feet flat or nothing and get rid of house patterns. But, I, you know, to, to, to be serious for a minute, I know that that's not a reality in, in bowling, right? It meant not, and not anywhere in the e- immediate or even distant future from what I can see, okay? Um, you know, for instance, this weekend, Rob, uh, Dougie, shout to Dougie. He ran, a, he ran an event. I was in the building. I went to watch a couple people that I know bowl. Rob. 128 people in this event, okay? Bracket event, uh, three games the first round, single game elimination the rest of the way through. On a house pattern, handicap, 80% of 230. Uh, But, you know, I mean, 128 people, man, you know? So clearly that side of the game is is not going anywhere, right? And just just getting rid of it isn't a reality. So my point to this person on Twitter that I was talking about was we – we really, in all seriousness, have to start try try our best to start, you know, grassroots opportunities in various areas for sport bowling, right, and for competition on on uh, on lane patterns that are a little bit more demanding. <clears throat> so, with that said, and I know that I, I talk a lot of shit on this podcast, and uh, you know, I I come on here and, and constantly uh, voice off about issues in bowling. Uh, but in this instance, I have been doing some work behind the scenes to try and, uh, you know, take take a step to do what I'm encouraging other people to do. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited to announce. And, I, and honestly, I don't know how it's going to turn out. It might just turn out where it's just me and a couple guys practicing uh, every other week. But uh, I did uh, make an arrangement with a local center, Knob Hill country lane, shout to them, shout to Knob Hill country lanes and their manager there, Karen, uh, for helping me out. Uh, but I am actually Rob starting on September 24th. Uh, I'm going to have uh, sport, a couple pairs of sport patterns to start out, uh, out every, every other Friday, starting September 24th. And then every other Friday after that, uh, there's also a junior gold league that bowls at that time. 
so I'm sure there'll be some some younger guys there, guys and girls uh, bowling on the tougher stuff. I only, I'm only starting out with two or three pairs. The lineage is pretty much just regular lineage. You know, we're not getting any kind of special deal or anything like that. Uh, initially, Rob, I'm kind of looking at it as like an open practice session. You know, anybody who's in my area, you know, Jersey area, Central, Central Jersey area, Jersey Shore area, you know, even if you're further and you want to come out, uh, open practice session, you know, for, for uh, sport bowling. I want to I want to try and have some guests there if we can build it up a little bit and come in and give some instruction and some advice about how to bowl on on certain patterns or you know just general advice about uh, improving physical gain. Uh, I would also like to eventually, if I can get this off the ground and, and get some people interested, I would like to kind of turn it into some some kind of informal competition. Right, like Rob, you and I, some of the best times we had in bowling, and and your interview with with uh, on on bowling with Fef had reminded me of this too. Some of the best times that you and I have had bowling is like the informal things we bowled, right? Like the brackets at Gil Hodges that you talked about on the podcast. Like that wasn't a formal event. That was just like, hey, we're here on Fridays. There's somebody here running brackets. Show up if you want bowl some brackets. That's about it. We might have we might have 15 guys. We might have 50. But, you know, we're here, we're bowling, and, and, and that's what we do here, right? Uh, in Levittown Lanes, where Bill, me, and Bill and Joe Paluzic grew up, they had something called pill doubles, which was where, you know, if there were 12 guys, you would put uh, 12 numbered pills in a jar. Everybody would pull one out, one, two matches up, three, four matches up, five, six matches up, et cetera. You had a doubles pot, you had a singles pot, and every game you switched partners, you got a new partner, right? So – these to me these these uh, informal competitions, not only are they fun, but they're low stakes, right? Like when we used to bowl the pill doubles, it would only I think it was like five dollars per game, and that covered your lineage. And I was back in the in the late nineties, so you know you're probably bowling it for a dollar a game, and four dollars is going to the pot. So today it might be a little bit more, but you understand, and I think most of our listeners understand what I mean by by small stakes. So. I have that in mind on one side, but Rob, I also at the same time want to create some, what I think will be good content for our podcast here. So while I am having open practice sessions and I hope to turn that into some sort of informal competition, I'm also going to be inviting some accomplished league bowlers, house bowlers, you know, house shop bowlers who don't have a lot of experience on patterns. And I'm going to be inviting them in to bowl matches against me. You know, the matches might be for something as simple as a as a as a bet. Uh, it might be as simple as a dinner. We might bowl. I don't know. I might have people that want to bowl me for serious money. I'm open to whatever. You know, if there's people out there from the local area that are watching, and you're interested in trying the sport patterns out, don't have a lot of experience on them, <clears throat> especially if you're, you know, an accomplished league bowler, hit me up. You know, hit me up and, and, and let's get together. Let's do it. I want to be clear that it's not on some elitist, oh, I'm better and I bowl on Twitter. No, here's what it's about. It's about creating content that honestly shows the difference between the two sides of the game, right? I want to sit down with people beforehand and have a conversation about what their expectations are, then bowl, then sit down after, have a conversation about how things went. And uh, hopefully, Rob, you and I can 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 you know kind of use that content here, and you know push push the conversation forward a little bit. I think uh, I already have two people 
who, who are going to bowl the first two matches against me. Uh, it's two guys that I know who I'm actually friends with. So obviously the stakes for what we're bowling for aren't going to be very high. But I do think that the content it creates will, will be kind of interesting. So I'm excited to put that out there. Uh, I'm excited to to do that and start that. I hope I get some people interested. You know, if you're from the local area, again, starting September 24th, Knob Hill Country Lanes, 7 p.m. we're going to start. I have the lanes until about 10, 10.30 maybe. Uh, 7 p.m. we're going to start. Open practice, couple pairs of sports shots. If anybody wants to put some informal competitions together, I'm down. I may also be somewhat busy bowling matches, especially these first couple weeks. But by all means, I'll have other pairs done. Feel free to come out, practice. And I also, I'm going to have some special guests, Rob. I'm going to do my best to kind of build it up. You know, I plan to have some good bowlers come out and, uh, and practice with us, give us some advice about patterns and how to bowl on them. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, what about maybe starting Friday night brackets? <laughs> what, what's up? Start Friday night brackets, man. Just, yeah, you know, you know I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I've thought a little bit about like like what informal competition might be best, and I actually reached out to a few people whose opinion opinions I respect to kind of get some ideas. And I'll be honest, I think it has to be something a little bit lower stakes than that. Right, like to run a bracket thing, you're going to have to have people invest a minimum of twenty, twenty-five dollars. They're going to have to bowl three games minimum. So, I, you know, I'm thinking more something along the lines of like, um, you know, everybody throws up five dollars and we eliminate the two lowest scores every game. Right, something like that. Right, where yeah, and the reason and 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 somebody gave me that idea. Uh, so I'll. I'll, I'll Give, give the person the shout who gave me that idea. That didn't come from me. But I really liked that idea because um, it, it gives people a chance to struggle but still stay in it, right? And I think that's an important part of the, of the sport bowling experience. Like sometimes you come out to bowl, whether it's a formal or an informal event, and you shoot 120 or 130 the first game and you're out of it. And, you know, your opinion kind of changes. It's like you're negative the rest of the day and you feel beat up instead of trying to use it as a learning experience and, and get a little bit better. Look, that's a great idea. I feel like if everybody would do something like that at their local house that knew the manager and is able to, uh, I guess, give some kind of education to bowlers uh, especially like local bowls in the area who don't have experience with patterns uh, and they can start converting a lot of these house bowlers to, uh, you know, high level competitive bowlers. And everybody did that around their local centers and it would improve, you know, entries into tournaments and leagues. Kind of what you're talking about with Dougie vision, right? Where he had 128 bowlers on the house shop bowling a handicap tournament. Right. But how many people, are you getting for your league, your your sport league, right? You barely have like we're trying to pull teams. thirty. Thirty. Yeah. So I mean, yo, trying look, to get this, thirty is a is a problem. Right. And here's this is the problem with bowling. This is the major issue with bowling. And I want to talk a little bit about this because you have 128 people showing up for a house handicap tournament and can't get 30 people for a doubles or triples uh, you know, sports shot league, right? Um, first off, the handicap system is broken. Okay. I've said it numerous times on this, on this podcast. We've heard that from numerous people we've interviewed that have talked about the handicap system. 
to me, when we talk about the USBC or whoever has to come in and, and start really reevaluating where the game is right now and how to try to improve the integrity of it, it starts with the handicap system. Okay. It's flawed. It's not good. It's, it's a terrible system. Uh, it, you know, it, you're, if you're able to bowl a sport shot and not be sanctioned a sport shot and then come in at 195 um, and, and bowl regular league at 195, but you're really a 220 average, the sandbagging, you know, the different bowling alleys that go into it. Maybe you bowl in a tough house and or you bowl in an easy house. There's so much, you know, just variables that go into handicap. And then, you know, these tournaments like the ABT that run, you know, and get all these entries. And you might, it's safe to say maybe like 75 to 80% of the people that are bowling ABTs, you know, uh, are getting a lot of pins, are getting so much handicap that, yeah, but it, but but it, it, see, I, I I'll be honest. Like I attended this event over the weekend, and I, I I watched a lot, and I gotta say, I thought a lot about you know, well, like what what generates this turnout, and I think it's a combination of two things. It's what you said. It's the handicap, right, and the fact that like you know, there's people who are probably getting pins over what they really should be getting. Okay, talk and about the guy who finished the tournament. Talk talk about the guy who won the tournament. Yeah, listen, games. he's he's a decent bowler. I mean, he throws it he throws it pretty good, and I I don't think he was getting a ton of pins. I think his 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 entering average in the tournament was either like two twenty seven or two twenty eight. Because I actually had a hundred hour bet with somebody that someone under two twenty eight would actually two twenty eight or under. No, no, it was two twenty seven or under would win the tournament and he had 228 or above. <laughs> and I think, I think this guy, this guy was right there. Right. So, um, but what did he uh, shoot he the went, last four games? He went, he went, I think something like 279, 278, 299, 278 for the last four. Okay. Throwing mm-hmm. a cherry vibe, throwing a cherry vibe, the whole tournament. Right. Um, you know, and, and well, just, dude. and just whacking them. And, and I also want to say this, I reached out to this this guy who won the tournament uh, just today, not only to see if he would be interested in joining our sport league on Tuesday nights, but also to tell him about the practice sessions I'm running and see if he'd be interested in coming on and bowling me for the content on the show. You know, and and he might be open to doing it. So uh, you know, we'll see if there's any follow up there. He, but uh, yeah, it, 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 the scores were crazy. The scores were crazy. I mean, the 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 two lefties, the other lefty that bowled him is Mike Martell. Mike Martell, who bowls some PBA events, young kid from Brooklyn, uh, reminds me of a reminds me of a young Rob Pierishad. Uh, he he a lot better than me, a lot better than he, me. Yeah, better. he's got he's got that swag though too. So uh, he actually um, bowled this this kid Brett. Uh, striker Strikerts, I think is his is his last name, and their match was two ninety nine to two seventy nine. Yeah. What kind of? So, what, what, I mean, what, what like I, I don't know. I don't know. So, turned into Mike. Like, yeah, uh, Joseph, the, you're asking where's the sport league? Yeah, I know where you're at, Joe. It's a, it's a little far from you. It's at a uh, Bolero Hazlet exit one seventeen on the Garden State Parkway. A little bit far from you, but the Dude, thing that is, I'm doing, Joe, oh, the the sports shop Lord. practice that I'm doing is it. Uh, Knob Hill Country Lanes, which is on Route 33 uh, in Central Jersey, still a little bit far from you, but you know, like I said, if you want to come out, you know, hit me up and uh, and let me know. 
but Rob, bowling, yeah, yeah, what are your turned, thoughts there? My my thoughts are like, what has bowling turned into when you know these people are bowling matches at two ninety nine to two seventy nine, and this guy's averaging two two eighty or whatever it was for for four games to to win the tournament. Obviously, if you're a two twenty eight average and you're bowling in a handicap tournament, that's a one eighty. Uh, it's an 80% based on 230. You're going to have to probably average that to win the tournament. Um, and I know we talked what didn't we hear like about Joe Navarra averaging 262 in a, in a, in a summer league. Um, is this just – Yeah, can I say – I want to comment on that just for one second. The, the thing that I saw was from from Doug LaCourie from Bowlage, and, uh, and I think his article was kind of comparing Navarra's – Summer average. It was a doubles league of two sixty two to Jeff Carter's two sixty one. But you know, and listen, this is this is no disrespect to Joe Navarro. The, the he's kid, a great baller. That kid, the, the kid's a beast and can you know can he strike, strike when when, when he's striking. Forget it, right? But Jeff Carter bowled in a five man league and did that. Dude, yeah, you know, Rob, come on. There's a big difference between five man league and doubles league. Right, hundred percent, absolutely. I mean, no one's know. gonna, no one's gonna. I guarantee you, if you ask Joe Navarro that question, he would even be the first to say, like, a, but I mean, a five man league is is really my goodness, <laughs> my goodness, <laughs> dude. Oh, you my know, God. I know. Like, where are we at? Where are we at? Yes. Where does it stop? Where does it stop? You know, so where does it stop? Listen, I so I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to build some grassroots stuff. You know, and uh, I put that out there for everybody. So. Again, if anybody's interested, feel free to hit me up. I'll give my my contact information at the end of the episode here. Uh, and you know, obviously, we're going to relate it to the podcast, right, Rob? We're gonna we're gonna try and use it for some content if we can, and uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. But I definitely want to try and contribute uh, to 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 the movement that I constantly encourage other people to to start or to get involved with. So uh, this awesome. is my this is my small small contribution here. All right, Rob, awesome, more to talk about. More to talk about. Yeah, let's, talk were, about Mike, let's talk about big bags. Bowling. Big There was some real bowling. Bags. Real bowling big going on last night. Bags. Josie, big bags, Barnes. 100 Gs. 100 Gs. I mean, no 100 story. Gs. 100 Gs is not life-changing money, right? But 100 Gs is like serious money to wake up with in your bank account. Dude, like like hundred G's is like you you wake up feeling pretty good. You got six figures in your bank account. I feel, dude, a hundred thousand and a U.S. Open title on top of that, right? Which you we Sick. all know how we all know how much I uh you know honor the prestige of the U.S. Open, right? And now you throw a hundred K on it, and it becomes the the best tournament in the world, better than the World Series, Mike. Um, but. Good for her. What a grind, though, last night. You want to talk about real bowling going on last night? Yo. Dude, these women Yo, they were, were grinding. They dude. were so hard. They were so hard, like, you had to throw it straight pretty much. Man, and I missed Shannon Pluhowski's 279. I was shocked when I saw that. Um, Yo, you, you know, know how good I was feeling after uh, she shot that game? I know. You because thought she was I, called, the I called that she was going to win. And then she comes out in the first match. She bowls and shoots two set. I'm like, oh my god, here we go. This is this is 19. This is 2000. Shannon Pulaski, Nebraska serial killer. No one can touch her. This is this is what's going to happen here. And uh, honestly, 
if she would have went to that game breaker four earlier and got out of whatever ball was she was using before that, I no. think she would have won that game, Rob. I mean, no. that that game breaker four looked close. It looked close. She needed a little bit of, you know, the pressure was, was on her hand to that ball. It and was her hand position. Her okay. hand position. Right. Dude, I don't think it mattered what she was going to throw. Um, it was just the transition caught her, okay? The transition was a – It did, was a, it, but it caught, it caught both of them, though. It did. That's what but, I'm saying. It caught both of them big time. And, you know, Tan just found a way to, like, survive it. Right. right and 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 Shannon went in the other direction and like could could never just put anything together there. But I don't know. I think if she makes an earlier change, that match might have had a different result. So uh, you had let, let's let's go back to the to the first match though. Right. Let's go back to the first match where you had uh, Stephanie Zalava against Zavala against um, Diana. Zavjalova, and I probably mispronounced. No, that. you nailed that, dude. That's impressive. did I? You think That's... so? I don't. I don't know about that. Yeah. So, um, uh, great, great bowling. Uh, you know, Stephanie started out kind of iffy, like her ball choice didn't look very good, and then all of a sudden, once she settled in and made a couple good shots, forget it. I mean, I was super impressed with the way she bowled that game. Dude, she's still a rookie on tour. That that girl, or she was a rookie. Um... No, she still is. Yeah. She still is. She's this is her good. rookie year. Still, she's so good, uh, and she might have a running for player of the year even because of how good of a year she had, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so making... on the other side, you know, uh, Diana Zavjalova, like she bowled great and just and just really could not knock ten down consistently. Yeah, yeah Howard Howard Forrest, Diana just couldn't carry it all. I mean, it, clearly, right? Clearly. Yo, um, I didn't see, I didn't hear that part, uh, Jim, Jimmy. Okay, uh, Kelly Kulik is is she's good on the uh, on the announce um, on the women's announcing broadcast booth. I, I mean, look, I'm a little bit preferable to Kelly because she's a, a good friend of mine. But uh, I, uh, you know, didn't really get a chance. I was too, I was running around last night, and I didn't really catch the first match and a half. So uh, I, I kind of jumped in right as Shannon was finishing her 279 and was like, oh, geez, I'm okay, never going to hear okay. the end of this from Mike, okay? Um, <laughs> and I was thinking that because uh, what uh, Shannon O'Keefe almost made a run too, and I was, right. you know I was rooting for her because that was right, my right. prediction. Right. So, um, yeah, I, Shannon just <clears throat> transitioned, got her, uh, but, you know, she ran over the obviously 279. Not really a whole lot to probably talk about in that match. Right. Uh, Shannon just caught the fresh right and she was then, able to then, get the ball. Right. Moved. Then we already talked about Shannon Pulaski and Shri Tan. Like we that's where we started. So then you have Tan versus Josie Barnes in the final. And I, I, I felt like Josie Josie Barnes's uh plan for attacking the lanes was very interesting to me because she, she she had, and, and she just did something I'm gonna say I'm gonna use this word uh simpler. She she found a simpler way to play the lanes than anybody else there that night, and that and that's why she won that telecast. Like you look at all four of the other players on that telecast, and the way that they were playing the lanes were were in, in many instances very very complicated and very touchy. You know, if they made a mistake, they were going to pay for that mistake. And even the person who I felt 
executed the best, and that was Diana Zavjalova. Her look didn't really didn't allow her to to put anything together. So Josie Barnes comes on, and she plays them dead straight, dead straight, right? Kind of taking taking a lot of the reaction out of it, and uh, super successful for the I mean hundred thousand dollar win. It's amazing. Get yo prop, props to the USBC. Rob, we gave props to Bolero when they put out big prize funds. Props to the USBC. Props to Chad Murphy and his team. However, they managed to put up these prize funds, get this done. It was awesome to see professional oh. bowlers on the women's side bowling for that kind of money. Right, and I'm I agree with that. Uh, look, like we always talk about how you know twenty thousand or twenty five thousand or whatever the money was for the U.S. Open was a joke. Now it becomes an actual. These majors are, are so much, so much better, especially with you, Mike, because of the you always were, were pressing for money. Uh, but here's my take, right? Is uh, you know how do you was it was it Cherry? Is that how you say it, her name? Cherry Tan? Um, yeah, Cherry. I don't Chan. know. Look, I'm gonna be honest. I'll be a little bit brutal here. She her game didn't impress me. Okay, it didn't. Like it just. It's simple. I mean, it's simple and repetitive. Show. She made the show, uh, and you know it was a great show just because of it was a U.S. Open, it was on TV, and it was women's bowling. But the entertainment value of it, you know, it it, it, it was a little bit kind of there wasn't a, a whole lot of entertainment value for me uh, on the shows, uh, just because the personalities were just you know the Josie story to me was the best storyline. You know, because of her losing her mom and then, you know, her having the story about going into the bookstore and then seeing this book. And, you know, it the drama to me was the storyline for Josie. And I was really pulling for her because of the fact. But when it came to someone like Cherry Tan, I, there was no input on this girl. Uh, I don't even know where, you know, what her story was. There was no background even about like a, a, anything about her. Right. So. I kind of feel like they were missing a little bit of of maybe they could have made it a better storyline uh, if Cherry Tan had you know maybe I'm sure she's has her own story right that I would kind of like to hear but you know look I'm I'm always a little bit critical and always feel like the shows could be better so anyway uh, other than that that's kind of my takes from it but it's great to see bowling women's bowling on live TV even though I hate CBS Sports Network hate that network with a passion because not everybody has it. Um, and it's sometimes tough to, to find it even. And uh, yeah, uh, but good to see 100000 for a major for a U.S. Open, 100%. No doubt. Uh, all right, Rob, uh, in other news, uh, big, there's, a, there's a big birthday, a big anniversary uh, yeah, in, the bowl, the, in the bowling e game today. The evil empire, as you like to call them, or as uh, the normal people out there call them, Storm. Bowling is celebrating the 30 years of being a bowling ball company, and I like to say a pretty successful bowling ball company, right? Um, so I kind of like to uh, use a little bit of time to talk about Storm. In your opinion, the best Storm ball ever made, and I like to throw this out to uh, our fans out there listening. What do you think the best Storm ball ever made was? And what do you think the worst Storm ball ever made was? Okay, it's easy to talk about the best Storm stuff. But here in Sweep the Rack, we love to talk about, you know, the worst Storm Bowl ever made. So I'll go first, okay? Uh, the best Storm Bowl ever made to me was the original Black Thunder, okay? I had two or three of them as a junior, uh, made some really, really, won a lot of tournaments, made a good run at the Team Masters with it. Uh, 
So to me, that was the best storm ball, Mike. I'm gonna pass it to you, and then we're gonna talk worst storm ball ever made. I mean, do you do you want me do you want me to give the right answer or do you want me to give my personal answer? Um, how about give both? Because look, like we're not okay. All right. Of- so the, the right answer is the high road. That's the right answer. Okay, the best okay. storm the high, ball ever made. The, the high road is storm's Agreed. best best okay. ball ever made. I'm not I mean, it, it, it's that. it's probably one of the best bowling balls ever made. Period. Uh, it's still around that, that, that says enough. Uh, so we'll, we'll get that out of the way. My best storm ball ever is such an easy choice for me. Such an easy choice. Ooh, it's, the, I guess? It's, it's the fire. Uh, storm. Iris it's the go. fire <laughs> storm. I love that. Ball. I mean, so good. that ball, when it, Top when, three. I had never seen a bowling ball do the things that ball did when it first came out. It was like, the, it was a very strong, aggressive pearl ball when it when it first released, and yeah, oh I whacked them with that ball everywhere I went. I as a sophomore in high school, I went into another team's bowling center, and they they were like heavily favored against us in the playoffs, and I sh- I went front eight the last game and shot like seven thirty something with that ball for all three games. Yeah, just absolutely c- crazy, crazy good ball. Oh, I remember watching Robert Smith throw that ball on TV. That ball would go sideways, right? Um, just crazy, just like just like the uh, the green forest fire. Remember the forest fire, the green one that was kind now, of. Right I remember that. that I remember that being an earlier rolling ball. To it me. was. It was smoother, yeah. but it was to me when that was one of the greatest eras of storm when they right around there, and then the black thunder and lightning came out, right? And those two balls were fantastic. Um, so Storm has been, I mean, Victory Road, the High Road series, all the road series is always pretty good, right? Um, but, like, that's when they really started making a name for themselves, right? When they started making those that era of bowling, uh, right when they first kind of started. Um, okay, let's talk worst bowling ball ever made, okay? Because this is, you know, look, a lot of people saying the IQ Tour solid, right? That's another ball that would put probably put up there with the High Road, right, Mike? Right, it's, right, been, right. it's been in production for years right and it doesn't yeah. look like it's they're discontinuing that to me the worst storm ball ever made was the storm lucid i don't know if everybody anybody ever threw the storm lucid but dude that ball was such garbage the thing burnt out at my feet um it i could it, the ball left eight tens five tens it was so bad for me and i really think that was because it was such a strong asymmetrical ball that i could never get the ball to really like go down the lane it just kind of burnt out at the arrows um and to me that was probably one of the worst storm balls ever made was the storm lucid uh, i kind of like to hear what people would say in the chat room about the worst storm ball ever made uh but to me that was my like worst ball i don't it's so hard for me to identify bad bowling balls for some reason even though i i definitely <laughs> i've definitely had my fair share um trying to think there was a there was, a, there was a, i mean look there was a storm ball that i remember in college i don't remember the name that had like a big s and a big p on it and I oh remember oh yeah it's a green right it was like a yeah green it was like a bluish green yeah it was a power I, something power right a and storm, I, like power. I remember that being being a pretty big dud with me uh, what about but, a timeless? What about the timeless? The first? No, nah, I don't. Ball? I've never, I've never thrown it. I've never thrown no. a lot of, a lot of them. Me neither. Uh, so, me neither but so. personally, for me, out of all the storm stuff I drilled, the one ball that I remember not 
liking too much was uh, the meteor storm. What? It was like a it was like a red sparkly used to throw that all the time. That yeah, was it was like a red ball. sparkly ball, and it was just it was very wobbly. It was the ve- it was very wobbly. <laughs> you know? I, I, well, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It cost, yeah, a, cost us example. a lot of money that I keep for yeah. uh, Emerald. Uh, anyway, so anyway, happy birthday to Storm. Right, thirty years. And can I uh, say? I joke about the evil empire. Okay, it's a joke, people. All right, don't you know? Don't take me. In fact, there was a conversation on Twitter this week where uh, I I retweeted Walter Ray showing up to a college team's practice, and then I said, "Oh, how cool is this?" And like, we never had anything like this. All we had was a local action legend who told us he could get us stuff from Storm and then stole our money and never gave us the bowling balls. Now, uh, I'm not going to give all the details on this story. It did actually happen. I did not personally get scammed in it. But uh, I had people from my college team come on, come out of the woodwork on Twitter and remind me that the people at Storm uh, actually did make make right by the guys on my college team who got scammed by this person. So they actually sent them the balls, even though they never got the money for those balls. And I – you know, so like I know it's good people over there. I get it. I joke, folks. I joke about the evil empire. It's like the Yankees. You know what I'm saying? Mike. Like, Mike. I so I pulled up a comment by Siege the Deej, which yeah, I, love th- I think uh, Rob. I think this is probably one of my former students. Okay, I think well, it's what's probably one of my former students here. Yeah, but it's a good question. What's the most expensive bowling ball you guys bought? Okay, now, but this is before we used to get free shit, and I used to get free shit. I don't get the free vi- anything. I don't know what violet- he's talking about. The the when the when the Brunswick first came out with their quantum series, right? The green quantums, the fire quantums, the violet quantums, right? Those first two hundred dollar bowling ball. First two hundred dollar bowling ball. First two hundred dollar bowling ball. That I've ever seen my mom put up money right to 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 buy me as a fifteen year old. Right? You got a two hundred dollar quantum, son. I did. You were, the you were spoiled, dog. I was. You, you know how many? That's because you're. That's because you know Rob's dad. Had? Rob's dad was a was a doctor. So he was, you know, and he spent. He was, half he was his bringing in the bowling. bank. Okay, all kinds of bank. Uh, but the quantum you know, series, that violet quantum, let me was say, amazing bowler. Let me say, us JBT bowlers down at Thunderbird Lanes in Philly and Levittown Lanes in Levittown, we didn't have none of those two hundred hour quantums. That was out of the question for us. Dude, I was man. I used to get all kinds of shit, man. Uh, you see, and people look, man. People know about. Dude, but I was the high school self-proclaimed high school bowling goat right here, you know, like Midwood High School, man. I used to dominate. Yo, you know, I remember the city championship. So I remember when the purple quantum came out, and, and that was even higher priced at the time. And a guy at my local center, Thunderbird Lanes, drilled it and didn't like it and gave it to me. And I was like, Oh my god, I was in heaven. I was like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. This guy just gave me a purple, a purple quantum. This is unbelievable. And the ball did end up stinking. It was a it was a boat what? anchor. It was terrible. My purple quantum was amazing, dude. I used to um, but I think it was drilled with like three ounces of side weight at the time. Okay. The guy right. didn't, didn't have a, a weight scale. So, you know, I think a lot of that scholarship money I probably should have forfeit. Um, anyway, so happy birthday to Storm. You know, look like you guys do a lot for the bowling. Uh, I know they're involved in a lot of behind the scenes. I don't think a lot of people realize how much they do for the sport of bowling and the Christmans, how well respected they are in this industry because they really are uh, well respected uh, people. And, you know, look, to run a bowling ball company to what they've done in 30 years, Mike, is just a shout to them and 
how great of a business owners they are and how much they actually do care about their their bowlers and the people who work for their company. Not sure if you knew this, Mike, but I did actually interview for a job at Storm. They flew me out and I did interview and spent about two days at the Storm Manufacturing and Facility uh, to get a job there. And uh, just things didn't work out with them. But, uh, you know, I went to go see their facility and see their company. And they got a great thing over there. There's a reason why they've been as big and dominant as they have been for all these years is because they do things right there. So uh, shout outs to Storm, man. Well, hopefully another 30 years, you know, and uh, we'll we'll see where the bowling balls go from here. But, uh, um, yeah, Mike, I mean, that's all I got on that. So what do you all think? Right. Is it time? It's time. It's time. Let's, Let's give the it. people what they want. Sir. All right, you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first because I'm I'm looking for mine right now that uh, I know is a good one. So, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, my post this week for worst of the week. I, I'm not I'm not going to comment much on this. I, I think this is kind of self-explanatory, to be honest with you. Uh, it comes from the Hammer Bowling message boards. And I got to say, Rob, Hammer Bowling, we, we might have to talk to Bill. The Hammer Bowling message boards are like beginning to rival the USBC discussion board i'm serious like we, All we, right, so we, go may, for it. we may have to talk to him and, and get some of these people straight uh worst of the week this week for me goes to jeremy e browning jeremy jeremy e congratulations one worst of the week here's his post that i gave him worst of the week for you ready i'm ready question for the day why are you not supposed to swing your thing What exactly? <laughs> exactly, Rob. Dude, exactly. That's just too funny. So yeah, week. I guess people people are really there. You know, it's amazing when you read these posts and comments. Like these people actually are sitting around wondering this, like really, really, like thinking, and you know, so they have to actually post because it's bothering them. Why can't he swing his urethane ball, Mike? Why do you? Why don't you think he he can't swing his urethane? To, to me, guesses? well, I mean, if you can't swing the urethane, you probably don't have enough strap hoss. I mean, that would be my answer, <laughs> right? That oh, would be my Lord. answer. Either you 100%. don't have enough strap hoss, or you got the wrong urethane. You got, got the, the you got the ancient urethane. You need the you need the new urethane. You need the cheater urethane. Some would say you got you might that. got the non cheater urethane. You need the cheater urethane, as some would say. Uh, you know, perhaps you're using the wrong style of one-handed as opposed to two-handed. If you can't swing the urethane, you might want to switch to two-handed. But no, I, I highlighted that for worst of the week just because, it, honestly, it, 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 it just baffles my mind how much misinformation, wrong information, incorrect viewpoints are out there in the bowling community that just you know, that are just there and just continue to exist. And like, no one, no one cares. No one does anything to correct it, et cetera. It's kind of just like, oh yeah, like there's this thing that people believe and it's not even correct, but nah, whatever, let them believe it. And I don't, I don't know. I don't really think that's great for the game, but okay. Go ahead, Rob. So question, uh, before I go into mine, um, 
did we ever did you ever reach uh the place in Arkansas that we tried to call last week? Uh the Carter no, Lane. So did- I, I I called them and they answered tonight and then I didn't I, like I wasn't prepared for them to answer. So I just hung up and then I hit you up like, hey, they answered. What do you want to do with it? And we kind of discussed it. And I was like, all right, I'll call back. And when I called back, they 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 sent me right to voicemail. So I guess they, they knew. I guess word was out. You, you think word was out? You think they got got now you think I mean, should we try to call them on air or do you want you don't want to avoid that no, smoke? I'm, because- I'm concerned about I'm concerned about laws. I'm, like, I'm concerned about breaking laws, honestly. But my, my my intent on this podcast is not to break any laws. So uh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna call them on the air again. Uh, but I will give them a call and and see uh, if we can get an answer, perhaps get somebody on the show to discuss their uh, policies. But then I saw something on Facebook that said that that post was from several years ago and it wasn't a recent thing. So, um, well, I saw the comments um, because this person, this person who owns the Bowen Center, uh, I think it was her, his name was Stacy Roberts, uh, was commenting and they they were like the whole thread was going on where the owner was actually commenting about stuff. And uh, it was pretty interesting because I guess the owner was kind of going off the rails a little bit, but he made a good point about it in the fact where he, that people were bringing in like liquor and outside like alcohol and outside food. And uh, I guess, you know, he just got a bad like rap for just trying to get this thing under control. Uh, And I guess I, I made a comment on the thread that was just like, look like, People wouldn't have to bring an outside food if your snack bar was worth it, worth anything. Okay. Because I remember back, you know, any bowling guy that we've ever been to when the snack bar food was legit. I mean, like really good, dude, you never would bring an outside food. You would always be excited to go get something to eat right from that snack bar. Um, so I guess, you know, they have to work on their bowling center and whatever. I just was curious if there's, I know you might've filed up with them and I was wondering, um, so question, I can't find the um the the post that I wanted to uh put up for some reason. I don't know what happened to it. Did um I I'm not sure if I commented or if I talked about the 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 thumb sock. Did did I do that one for worst of the week about the guy in the thumb sock? Uh do we did did I I don't know. Um God, where is this? I'm pissed off because I had this thing queued up and now I can't find it on my phone. So here's here it is. If I were, if this, you've already heard this one for worst of the week, I apologize in advance. Uh, it's by Lee Cohen on the USBC message board. The gift that keeps on giving. Question: I used to be really good, like always in the top two in any bowling alley, except when I bowled in a regional, national PBA tournaments. Did I do this one already? I don't think so. Just coming back to bowl, I was, and I, I was too sore to continue in 1998. My balls are too heavy, and if I continue, I will get new balls and shoes. Now my question is: I see Brunswick has a thumb sock. I always use heavy skin protection. New skin with the net plus cotton. Will this sock work? And do I need larger thumb hole to use it? I know I write long. Thanks in advance. So. Oh, I responded. Boy. I got tagged by Ian Lang, okay? Literally, the post was up at like 8 a.m., and he commented in my name at like 8.01 a.m., okay? He's and then dumpster someone else, diving. 
Someone else commented, sweep the rack. And then I had another comment that tagged me all within five minutes of this post, right? So, by the way, people, I love that shit. That makes my whole morning and my work. And I'm sitting there laughing. I'm like, everybody's tagging me because they know this is going to be on worst of the week. I wrote, sorry, I can't help. I don't have a whole lot of experience using net plus cotton thumb socks. So it was definitely people are definitely trying to buy thumb socks to use and net plus cotton to make their balls feel better. So to me, that was the worst of the week. And Sounds like they got bigger problems than the USB-C message board. I don't know. Yeah, thumb socks and net plus cotton. Always, always good. So that's worst of the week. Always my favorite. All right, Rob, uh, final thoughts. Uh, Je- Jeff Lindemuth in the chat saying he's going to send us another box of grip sacks. I appreciate it, Jeff. You don't have to do that. We appreciate it. Do me a favor, though. Email me for my address this time and send them to me so that I can hold on to them for six months and give them out to everybody and then send them to Rob. So send them my oh. way this time. Yeah, you can send them to Mike. I, you know, I'm sure Mike. I didn't need his to- permission, Jeff. I didn't need his permission. He's given permission like I need. I didn't need his permission. Just hit me up. Uh, yeah, final- uh, Nico. Nico, always good to see you in the chat. Uh, he's the, you know one of our guys here. We have some bowl this weekend, PBA 50 and PBA Junior. Always good to see PBAs. My final thoughts is, Mike, I still haven't seen the PBA schedule. Still been looking for it. I know there's maybe some surprise event going down, I guess, per Tom Clark. And then in, the, in, in, in September, October sometime, I, I kind of know what that is. Um, I don't really want to like give that away. Uh, just I don't. Yeah, text me about off. that. I want to know that. Text me about that when we get yeah, all. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Once I tell you what it is, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's probably something they're gonna steal from something somewhere. No, 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 no. It's the same. It's I'll tell you about it, and okay. if we want to talk about it. But uh, yeah, then then there's a strike derby sometime, which you know we'll see about betting on that this time around. So. I guess my final thoughts would be um, just, you know, look like I want to see a bowling schedule, PBA schedule out. Uh, these guys, we need – like the, I feel bad for a lot of the pros because how do you schedule? How do you plan on, you know, next next year? It's already September. you got to start planning, like, ahead, right? Like what your schedule looks like. It's a tour, right? You can't just do it up in a, in a half day. You have to – figure out stuff, travel arrangements, right? Like people have things to do, plans. I don't know. I just feel like their the schedule should hopefully be out, right, in the next few weeks. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully yeah. we'll take a look. And, uh, and Rob, yeah, again, we, we got to talk off there. I want to I wanna do our own schedule before the PBA schedule comes out. I want to I wanna throw out our own schedule and what, uh, what, what we think would be, would be good. Yeah, dude. How about a worst of the week rosin bag? That would be great. Yeah, that would be awesome. Be awesome. We'll, we'll send it to Tim Buck and see if he'll uh, accept it. Yeah, no Mike, doubt. What, what uh, you got, Mike? Final thoughts, man. Uh, my sport league, man. I, I'm I, I'm still a little concerned about whether it's going to get off the ground or not. You know, I'm sure a lot of people in the bowling community have experienced a situation like this where we're we're not a hundred percent. The league's supposed to start on Tuesday. We, we're not 100% sure how many teams we have. It's looking like 10. But then we have other teams in the league that are saying if we don't get 10 teams, 
they're going to drop out. So if we don't have 10, we're definitely not bowling with nine. And if it gets down to like seven, I just have a feeling that uh, other other people are going to say, no, it's just not worth it to bowl with seven teams. You know, I, it's disappointing to me, man. It is. It's really disappointing. Uh, I, I I had some, some conversation and some argument with people uh, this past week at, at when we wrapped up our house league for the summer just about how I would rather bowl a, a sports shot league with six teams than a house shot league with 60. You know, I, I just I just don't care. You know, it's not about the pots or the side action or the prize money or anything. It's not about that. It's about, you know, challenging myself. It's about bowling on something challenging. Uh, you know, it's about good competition, you know, on something that's fair and, and that you have to execute on. So, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat concerned. You know, but like I said, I'm I'm gonna try to be build. I'm going to try and build my own grassroots thing going forward. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, I'm also considering entering a tournament, Rob. There's a there's a, uh, a a dual pattern tournament, short and long, uh, Wolf and Badger, the first weekend of October at uh, Lodi Lane. So I'm gonna see if I can uh, get clearance from the better half to uh, to go to that and to attend that. And yeah, that's about it, man. Bowl, bowling season is coming back, Rob. I hope we can, I hope we can fend off COVID long enough for for bowling to uh, to continue its comeback. Yeah, it's tough because I mean, this is just shit you don't have any control over. So whatever. I feel like I don't feel like it's going to shut down this time around, but I don't really trust a lot of people right now that are in charge. So anyway, we'll see what happens, Mike. Appreciate it, man. Good luck to you. Hopefully right. you get it's another you get show. Uh, well, happy Labor Day. Yeah, happy Labor Day. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Uh, be safe out there. Uh, if you want to hit us up, sweep the rack at Gmail. Uh, he's at Brooklyn Rob 11 on Twitter. I'm at the 215. Uh, Joe, grats. I, I, you know, we, we talk on, uh, on Instagram, Joe. So you have my uh, Instagram account on there. If you want to hit me up, definitely hit me up and reach out if you want to come out and, uh, and do something there. Uh, Rob, ha- have a wonderful weekend, man. Have a, have a great week. Uh, not a ton of bowling action going on, but a couple things to uh, to stay on top of, and we will for the people. And, uh, yeah, always enjoyable, man. Always enjoyable to chop it up. And, yeah, let me say, thank- thanks to all of, all, all of you guys. Because yeah, you don't want to know what today – you want to know what today was, Rob? Today was my first day back to work. And it's usually, it's usually the worst day of the year when I go back to work after the summer's over. But, uh, yeah, having the podcast here to do and having some stuff to chop it up about made it a little bit easier. So uh, appreciate y'all. Appreciate appreciate the opportunity to come and chop it up for sure. And, uh, yeah, we'll see everybody next week. All right, man, everyone. Peace. Later. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.